So happy to be back at Soundhouse. You guys are awesome. Amen. So we're going to get into the word of the Lord. But before we do, I just want to practice a little bit. When I say, somebody say amen, what do you say? Amen. Let me do it again. When I say, somebody say amen, you say? Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. There you go. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Mark. We're going to go to the Mark chapter 4. So if you have your physical Bibles, you can open it up. If you have your electronic Bibles, you can hit a button or whatever the case may be. But we're going to go into that. Um, I like the book of Mark because the book of Mark is kind of like Fast and the Furious. You know, it's action-packed. It goes from one scene to the other, to the other, to the other. So it's like, um, you know, it's like Jesus is a superhero. He goes here. He casts out this demon. He goes there. He heals the sick and all that kind of stuff. So I love to look at the book of Mark from the perspective of I can see Jesus moving in such a way where nothing can stop him. Somebody say amen. amen. And so when I look at my own life where if I didn't have him in my life, a lot would stop me. But when I do have him in my life, I feel like nothing can stop him. And if nothing can stop him, nothing can stop me. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 4, and we're just going to read this. Verse 1 says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. So it's important to stop here and get a picture of what was going on. Whenever Jesus went to a place, there, there'd be so many people surrounding him, you know, and trying to, to touch him to get healing and to be in his presence and to ask him questions and so on and so forth because they had heard this man who had all of this wisdom and power of God in him. But in this particular case, he wanted to separate himself out. So what he did is he got into a boat and he floated away from the crowd, and the rest of the crowd stayed on the shore because he wanted them to really hear what he had to say. Somebody say amen. amen. And a lot of times we've got to separate ourselves out from our situation so we can hear what Jesus has to say. So going further into chapter, excuse me, verse 2, he says, He taught them many things by parables, and his teaching said, Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. By the way, he was talking to farmers at this time. So they understood what he was talking about to a certain degree. Verse 4, he says, As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Verse 7 says, Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Somebody say amen. So today we're going to talk about how is the word sowed into you. In just a moment, we're going to kind of hear what Jesus explains that parable to be, because 
as we look at it in this form, we don't really understand what he's talking about. Amen? But he goes on further to explain it line by line and precept by precept, as the Bible says, and he kind of breaks it down. And it's wonderful in this particular instance because sometimes when Jesus tells us parables, he doesn't explain it. But in this situation, he does explain it. And the apostles, excuse me, the disciples, after he says this portion of it, comes to him and says, why do you speak in parables? And he says, because I want those that have eyes to see and ears to hear to really hear what I'm trying to tell them. Because if I come out of the gate and I begin to explain things, well, you've got people out there that are going to go, well, I know what he means. I've heard that before, right? You ever been in that situation or people like that? I hear that all the time. I've read the Bible many times. I know what it says. (laughs) But God wants us to have those spiritual ears to hear exactly what he's trying to tell us. So he comes at us with a parable first, and he's coming to the people that have curiosity that want to say, well, hey, what does he really mean by that? And not the people that are like, well, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I really came here to touch the hem of his garment and get healing and so on and so forth, and I don't really care what he has to say. He wants to go after the people who are good ground. Somebody say good ground. We want to be good ground. So we skip on to Mark 4, verse 13. Let's read this together and kind of break it down like Jesus did. In verse 13, then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. So he tells us right there in plain English, the farmer sows the word. And then verse verse 15 says, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And so in this situation, it's an instant act. Somebody say amen. You ever gotten to a, a good portion of a sermon and all of a sudden you get a text and it's like, oh, let me check that. And then you miss it, right? And then later on that week when you get a trial on that very thing that you missed, you're like, oh, man, I got a trial on this. I know Pastor Ryan said something significant, but I don't quite remember what he said. Man. (laughs) And that's the way the devil works, right? He comes immediately, right? Sunday morning comes and you're like, you know, I had a long week. I want to put my feet up. I don't think I need to go to church today. That's one of the ways he comes in and just plucks up the word. Or have you ever been in this situation where you're praying and you have a good, uh, good prayer session, all of a sudden your mind starts wandering? Every, anybody ever been in that situation? We start thinking about other things. You start thinking about, well, what am I going to eat later? My, my, my stomach is grumbling. I got this report from work to do, so on and so forth, right? And the next thing you know, you're like, man, I started praying, but now I'm thinking about all sorts of other things. And that is what this portion means, Right? So this is when he comes instantly, when it drops on the ground. And then verse 16 says, Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes. Because of the word, they quickly fall away. These are the type of people, they're like, yes, I'm saved. I'm born again. This is awesome. This is great. I want to tell everybody about it. Yes, Jesus. And then the first trial comes in. 
Somebody says something off to them. Somebody says, what's wrong with you? They go, wait a minute, what happened? It's not so glorious anymore. It's not so wonderful anymore because the outside circumstances are different now. It's not like it was before. And then they start questioning themselves. Is Jesus really real? Am I really saved? So on and so forth, right? And it goes on and on and on. And I've seen that so many times. And sometimes we can get into that situation ourselves. A breakthrough happens and we're like, yes. And then it begins to wear off and something that, that, you know, something comes against us and we start second guessing ourselves. And that's what it's talking about, where it comes and we get, we just hit the ground running, but there's no root. Somebody say, I want to be rooted. Amen. So when we go on to verse 18, it says, still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word. They hear it. But the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Well, God knows I have to get overtime today. He'll, you know, he doesn't mind, right? I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do the other. Fill in the blank. Whatever your situation is, that's what the devil comes in and he says, the things of life are important. You have to take care of this. What do you mean you want to take time out to prayer? What do you mean you want to take time out to go to church? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? And this goes all over. And we start to uh, rationalize things in our head. And we, yeah, that's right. I can compromise a little bit here and a little bit there. And they come up and they begin to choke you. You begin to have things like ambition. Well, I want to get that raise. I want to get that promotion. God understands. God gave me this job, so he wants me to work it to the best of my ability, even if I forget about him. You don't actually say that, but sometimes we have a tendency to do that. Somebody say amen. But the next part is where we want to be. Verse 20 says, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, some 100 times that was sown. So there's a couple of things we have to do is first hear the word, right? And everybody in here is hearing the word. But then the next thing we have to do is accept the word. Somebody say amen. So you can hear it all day long, but until you accept it, you don't fall into that good ground. And so when you hear the word, you accept it, it starts to become rooted and you're no longer taking off from the starting block, but you're running that, that perseverance race that's talked about in the Bible, right? You keep going and going and going till the end, and your roots just get dug in further and further and further. And the next thing you know, there's fruit made some 30s, some 60s, some 100-fold. So when you live your life, you're living it such that somebody else is looking at you and they're seeing Jesus. Somebody say amen. They're not just seeing you. They're seeing a change in you because you are rooted. You heard the word. You accepted the word. You are living out the word. Somebody say amen. And that's what Jesus wants us to do is to live out the word, not just be hearers of the word, but also doers of the word, like the book of James says. Somebody say amen. And then we have to understand that it's very important to understand that these particular categories that people fall into is not just where you reside. 
Sometimes we can move from one category to the other. Some days we're like, okay, I'm like the seed that was dropped on the ground and the, the enemy just came and plucked it up. And some days, yes, I, I, I've got it in shallow ground and I've hit the ground running and then uh, everything just knocks me off, right? So we have to be deliberate about where we are. So things like praying in the morning, things like keeping up with reading your word, things like uh, uh, being in communication with other saints and other like-minded people are things that are important to keep us on the right track because if we are not careful, we are going to fall into one of the categories that Jesus warns us about. And it's very tough to get out of it once you're in it versus keeping watch, being ready, and saying, wait a minute, I want to be good ground. Somebody say, I want to be good ground. How many of you want to be good ground today? I know I want to be good ground today. So, in verse 9, and we're going to go back a little bit, because it's important to understand where Jesus was coming from when he told the disciples that he spoke in parables for the reason that he spoke in. In verse 9, he says, then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. It doesn't just mean you have physical ears on your head and you have good hearing what that means is you're in a position to hear the word as it goes forth. Somebody say amen. And as that word goes forth, you have the curiosity, and it goes from curiosity to uh, wanting more and, and having hunger and thirst after righteousness. And then you go to acceptance, and then you would see, right, where it says being fruitful 30, 60, and 100 fold. But you have to have ears to hear. Somebody say, God, give me ears to hear. Because I can't do it on my own, right? You can't have ears to hear on your own. You have to ask God to give you the ears to hear on your own, the spiritual ears to hear whatever he has to say. And so he gets that. He tells the disciples that. And the disciples don't just say, wow, this is something new. They begin to think, I've heard that before. I've heard it said by a prophet named Isaiah. So they begin to go back and they look at Isaiah 55.3, which is referenced in that. And Isaiah 55.3 says, give ear and come to me. In other words, listen to what I'm saying. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. He promised us a faithful love just like the love that he promised David. David wasn't perfect. David messed up a lot. I know some of y'all haven't messed up a lot. <laughs> I've messed up a lot. But when I look at the story of David, I look at a God that never gave up on him. Somebody say amen. That even though David messed up royally with all these big sins, he came to God in repentance, and he asked for forgiveness, and he, he pleaded with God, and he, he loved God, and he stretched his heart out to God, and God, even then, forgave him and showed him grace. And he said, you are a man after my own heart. So David was a man after God's own heart, even though he messed up. So it doesn't matter how much you've messed up. There's always the opportunity to come and taste of God's grace. Somebody say amen. 
Even if you find yourself in one of the categories that we've talked about, seed that falls on the ground, seed that goes shallow, seed that gets choked up, it doesn't matter because it's never too late to get back on track. It's never too late to be rooted and grounded in the ground and have your uh, house built upon the rock and the rock of Jesus because he's always there with us. The Bible says he never leaves us nor forsakes us. No matter what, we might turn our backs on him, but he never turns his backs on us. And I thank God because in my life, I I look at a lot of situations that I've been in and I've said, wow, if I were God, I'd I'd have run a long time ago. (laughs) But yet God is faithful to the end, to the bitter end. No matter what, his love for you will never change. Somebody say amen. And it's a beautiful thing to think about that. Human love is only finite. It goes to a certain point, right? But God's love endures forever. He wants to see you close to him. He wants to see you in that place with him. He wants to see you redeemed. That's why he sent his only begotten son to die for your sins personally. If you put your name in that place and said, Jesus died for whatever your name is. Jesus died for Kevin. And then put your name in there. He died for you. When he was hanging on that cross, he looked up to heaven and he said, it is finished. And he said, it is finished for plug in your name. That you're forgiven now. That you no longer have to live in shame or regret or anything like that. But you can live in the power of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. And I want to present to you today the opportunity for those of you who've never actually given your life to Christ. I want to give you that opportunity today. If you feel like God is tugging you toward him, which he is tugging you toward him, all we have to do is just accept him into our life, right? Just like the parable says, hear the word, accept the word, and I promise you, fruit will come 30, 60, or 100-fold. So if you're in that position right now, you can just stay where, right where you are in your seat, and we're going to pray for you. Amen. All of these people who have given their lives to Christ, we're going to come together and pray for you and, and, and welcome you into the body of Christ. So if you're in that position right now, I just want you to just stretch out your heart, and all of us, we're going to pray with you, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who uh, may have been lost, but God, they're taking this moment right now to be found by you. Lord, they're asking for forgiveness of their sins, realizing that they are sinners, but also realizing that you died for their sins. God, I thank you that as you have done that, you have absolved them for everything that they've done. You have forgiven them for all things big and small, and that it's because of your sacrifice and the fact that you rose three days later, that they too can arise as a new creature in you. I thank you as they accept you as Lord and Savior in their lives that they shall never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And for those of us, and I like to do this as often as I can, for those of us who may have, uh, you know, gone off wayward here or there, whether it's a little bit or a lot, I like to do a prayer to kind of get us back on track. Somebody say amen.
the road of, of being a Christian is it's a really windy road and can be kind of like fast and furious like the book of Mark, right? And sometimes we take a corner and we get thrown a little bit. <laughs> but God is right there to put us back on track. So we're going to do another prayer. And those of you who are in that situation that really need a renewing and a, and a putting back on track like I do, just go ahead and pray with me and stretch out your heart to God. And we're going to ask him to come back into our lives and to you know, recalibrate us. Amen? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now, Lord, that uh, you always give us the opportunity to be put back on track by you. Lord, we thank you that uh, no matter how far we stray, that you are just to forgive us and that all we need to do is come back and ask for redemption. So, God, we come before your presence, Lord, admitting that maybe we haven't done what we needed to do. Maybe we haven't said what we needed to do or thought what we needed to do. But yet, God, we know that you have the power to bring us back in line. And we thank you that by your spirit, we are renewed. By your love, we are made new. And by your sacrifice, we are forgiven in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. As we go today, I want you to ask yourself this question. And even as you, uh, the service ends and you might be going home, maybe there's a game on, I don't know. I'm not real big on watching sports games, but some of you probably are. Like, the game's about to start. Is he going to be quiet or what? <laughs> But as you begin to leave this place and as you begin to go into your week, I want you to ask yourself, what kind of soil am I? Before you say something, I want you to say, what kind of soil am I? Am I going to say something that proves that I'm rooted and grounded in Jesus or, or, or what I'm about to do? Is this going to be a result of some other soil? Before you begin to make your decisions. And as we deliberately do that, it becomes easier to flow in that good soil. So I want you to do me that favor today. I'm going to do that favor along with you this week. I'm going to ask myself that as well. What kind of soil am I? Let's pray as we go out. Father, I thank you for the word that's been given. I thank you for the wisdom that only comes from you. God, help us to be good soil today. Help the word that's been sown in to be deep-rooted in us, God, that your roots may grow and that the, the plant may spring up and that the faith that used to be the size of a mustard seed can grow and grow and grow by your watering. God, I thank you that no matter what position we're in right now, we have the opportunity to be in a position with you, a position that's better and more faithful and more powerful because it's a position of love. And I thank you, God, that we are all in this together and that we are corporately praying and that that 30, 60, and 100-fold fruit will go out from us to the people that we come in contact with, whether believers or unbelievers, that they may see Jesus in us. I thank you for this now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right.